Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll. In this episode, you'll hear part two of my conversation with Benjamin Jenkins, university archivist and associate professor in the Department of History and Political Science at University of Laverne. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. With the Capstone Projects, those are um, senior students, correct? So they're preparing for that kind of next step in their, um, you know, whether they're going to advance their college career or go out into the um, get jobs. Um, and so when they start their capstone projects, is it a single semester or does this go on for their whole senior year? What is the, the format of that like? That's a great question. Technically, it is one semester. Okay. But there's the caveat that they have to take a theory and methods class beforehand. And mm -hmm. in the theory and methods class, they learn how to do research. They learn how to critically engage with primary and secondary sources to do things like writing literature reviews or historiographies. So you could say it's unofficially a two-semester class, but as far as the actual capstone project itself, the 35 or so page paper that they have to write, that is really composed over the course of a single 15 or so week semester. Okay. And at what stage do they get introduced to creating their kind of culminating e-portfolio as part of that project? It sort of varies uh, when our students are introduced to how to use the platform. Some students have taken my internship class or other community service uh, classes that familiarize them with how to use education. Mm -hmm. Others are learning it from scratch. And so this last semester, I had one entire class session where we just sat down and played the digication where I showed them, okay, here's how it works. Go try it yourself. At least, you know, create the skeleton of like, here's where I'm going to put all the different segments of what goes in my portfolio. Uh, one of my colleagues who has taught the senior seminar class in the past, it, it rotates, so we each sort of take it a different semester, uh, was kind enough to put together a template that students are able to use. Mm -hmm. So that is very easy for them to download, to get started with, and then just plug their own individual information into. So um, whether they have experience with it from previous classes or not, students generally find that digication is pretty approachable. Even if it's their last semester in college, if they're stressed out of their minds writing a 35-page research paper, exactly, <laughs> applying for jobs, thinking about what comes next, uh, digication doesn't really pose much of a hassle. And it seems like a pretty easy system for them to get a manage on, a management of. Yeah. So I was curious, you mentioned that there's kind of a template in place um, which I'm sure serves as some scaffolding for those that are developing their capstone projects. With the internship in public history course, are they provided with a similar kind of framework or because that's more personal, do you have those kind of prompts available, but maybe they're building more of the structure themselves? How do you kind of approach that? So I do have a template that I just built for the internships in public history class. Um, it's mostly useful. The thing that it can't really account for is the fact that I get students from all kinds of different majors. Um, sometimes yeah. I'll have, you know, writing majors just want to upload a poem or a prose story that they wrote, which is absolutely fantastic. 
And then I'll get a music student who will want to upload, okay, here's me at my senior recital that I'm doing, right? So I need yeah. to be able to upload a video file, which Digication can handle easily. I've never had any mm -hmm. problems with that. Um, but how do you craft a template that is good for a Word document or an MP4 file or a dot .move, any file type, right? Yeah. Um, and again, Digication is great at supporting all these file types, but I sort of have to build a little bit of leeway of wiggle room in for students to plug in whatever information they think is, is most appropriate for the internship class, because that yeah. can range from anything from works of art to radio broadcasts for some of our broadcast journalism majors uh, to uh, PowerPoint presentations that they put together for a class. So it, it really, some of the templates on pages in that particular file are just, you know, put work here or something like incredibly vague because the students will have to see what works for them specifically. Yeah. And the students that are in the internships in public history class, are they coming in at different parts, um, kind of in different years during their experience at Laverne, unlike the capstone that's mostly seniors? Yes. So technically, the internships class is supposed to be geared towards juniors, students who are in mm -hmm. their third year. Inevitably, we will get some sophomores, we'll get some seniors, which I prefer having seniors in the class because they're right at the end, right? They can reflect on the, the full breadth of their educational journey. Um, so there's a little bit of variety in there. And that's another reason that the template sort of has to be broad rather than mm -hmm. very narrowly focused, um, because you have to account for the fact that, you know, there might be students who have been at Laverne all four years in this class. We might have students who transfer from a community college or from some other institution, right. and we have to let them incorporate that as part of their um, heritage, as part of the identity that they're crafting through these portfolios. So th there's not, you can't really do a one-size-fits-all approach for the internships class which is why yeah. you see this rich diversity of content in the portfolios that you've looked at. Yeah, it sounds like the students have been able to start from kind of a kind of an open-ended sort of approach, right? You've given them some starting points, but then they're able to kind of craft it and, and mold it in the direction that really suits, suits them. Um, and I was curious, because it has been left more open, um, have there been some really maybe unexpected or exciting kind of approaches to using the ePortfolio in that course? And could you describe those as well? Part of it boils down to one of my favorite things about Digication, which is the diversity of file types that it supports, where you can you know upload a PDF, you can upload... Um, PowerPoints, uh, any kind of file that you can imagine. Last semester, I had a student, incredibly creative. She's a political science major, and she had a bunch of different cartoons that she had actually doodled for including in her presentation about sort of the history of art as this political form. Mm. And she had a really rich series of PowerPoints that she had put together over her time as a student that had her own art sort of explaining, you know, what's the history of animation? Uh, why, why does this matter to us? What is its political importance? So it's sort of a mixture of professional animation, of her own work as well. And she was able to include that PowerPoint that she used for class with her own doodles in sort of a scholarly context as part of her digication portfolio. And it just, to me, this was this amazing blend of creativity and scholarship, communicating uh, an important historical concept in such a personal way. 
And mm-hmm. to see her be able to upload that to Digication just really was immensely rewarding. And I thought, you know, this this brings together so many different aspects of her identity, of her educational background. It really it created this sort of time capsule that will add, I think, a lot of value to our archives and to show who we are as an institution and how we have this sort of path-breaking form of engagement that education has allowed students to share with the world. So I was curious, as students are, you know, developing these incredible kind of time capsule um, moments and who they are and what they've accomplished, how do those kind of become part of the university's archives? So there's really a couple different ways that that can happen. Sometimes the students will ask that their materials be made public immediately. And so they can use the settings on Digication to make them available online to anyone who looks for it or to make it available just to anyone within the institution, the University of Laverne. Other times we'll have students ask to put a time lock on their materials saying, please Mm -hmm. don't make this available until after I graduate or until five years after I graduate or you know, 10 years in some more extreme cases. Mm-hmm. And so those I'll just uh, download from Digication and we'll re-upload at some point in the future once that um, time lock expires. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. And um, I'm curious, so when, how far, because I know Laverne's been using Digication for quite some time. Do you know when that process started? Are you the one that was the kind of impetus behind that? So I, I was not behind um, Digication. It was... I'm, pretty sure we were already using it by the time that I got hired, or it was something that we were starting to use by the time I joined the university faculty. Um, but it's something that most faculty members have some sort of experience with. It is involved in our promotion process, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. it's starting with COVID, we had to actually submit digital um, portfolios to get promoted. That was something that had been done in hard copy prior to COVID-19, but because we're all working from home, and I'm sorry to give uh, people unpleasant flashbacks to 2020 if that's happening right now, um, we had to shift that online. And so because yeah. we already had an institutional subscription to and familiarity with education, we were able to shift into that mode rather easily. That might have been my first experience with education, actually, when I was going up for promotion after having been here a few years, mm-hmm. and the fact that I was able to pull together so many files just really impressed me. I had PDFs of articles that I'd written in there. Uh, I was able to sort of tweak the background to uh, incorporate some of the images from my books on the education mm. page, uh, so showing trains going through orange groves or showing you know pictures from the university's history that sort of connect to my professional role as archivist. I uploaded videos of myself giving different presentations. I was really impressed with Digication's ability to sort of like bring together so many different formats and create this multimedia portfolio in a way that's really accessible, looks really slick for the 21st century, and that thankfully does not require a lot of experience in coding or high-tech skills that I haven't done. I took a C++ coding class back in, I don't know, undergrad, but... um, I don't think I could code that way today. I don't have any JavaScript experience. So thankfully, Digication gets rid of all that high technical stuff (laughs) and just makes it a little bit, no, a lot more accessible. 
Yeah, we do try to simplify things and still allow individuals to be able to present themselves in a way that they um, feel like best represents how they want to communicate who they are and what they do. And um, so I'm glad that your experience was uh, positive. And uh, even though you kind of got pushed into that realm due to COVID, it sounds like that experience and your kind of enthusiasm and appreciation for the tool uh, kind of sparked some interest in using it in your courses? Or was it something that the history department was already using? I think a couple of my colleagues had experimented with it already, but not in as widespread a way as I had. Um, Mm -hmm. We were at that point, we were still starting to integrate it into our senior seminar capstone, but mm-hmm. I had the idea to structure my internship class around digication, uh, partly because I couldn't bring students into the archive in person the way that I wanted to, yeah. but yeah. also partly because I was just deeply impressed with digication and how easily I was able to create a portfolio with so many different moving elements. Um, so it's you know, it's one of those 2020 things, right? Where it's a mix of necessity and a mix of discovering, oh, wait, we've had this digital tool in our toolkit <laughs> for a long time that we just haven't been making use of. It's like uh, conferencing tools, right? Like uh, Zencaster here that yeah, know, we, we could have exactly. been using this six or seven years ago, but COVID sort of gave us the opportunity to explore it in much greater detail than we might have done otherwise. Yeah. And, you know, we've just been amazed at the kind of Uh, not only the resilience of teachers, but also the outstanding kind of creativity that came out of that experience. And um, so thank you for sharing that too. Uh, I don't think your institution was alone during that time of needing to kind of switch gears with uh, not only how, you know, they may have been delivering um, materials and having discussions with students, but also in how they were, preparing some of these very important um, P&T materials um, because no one wanted that to, um, you know, grind to a halt despite the circumstances, people's uh, careers still needed to move forward. And um, so thank you for sharing your experience on on that front as well. Um, And it sounds like it led to a lot of exciting things happening within your department. Um, I did want to kind of circle back a little bit to uh, some of our earlier conversations and your fascination with um, railroads uh, beginning as a child. And if some of your kind of passion for history or maybe even just passion for teaching may have come from some experiences that you had growing up and any educators that might have shaped your your journey and and how we're having this conversation today i could like so many college and i believe high school educators you know i have a long series of teachers of professors that i could point to as saying you know they really shaped my understanding of the world and made me fall in love with the idea of teaching and and want to do that for a living uh, but probably the one who comes to mind the most was a, a professor I had in college who, you know, taught a very old fashioned way. He would just come in, he would have either his dry erase markers or his chalk, and he would just write out key names on the board or things that we might have trouble spelling in our heads. And he would just stand at the podium and with his um, 
notebook of old yellow notebook paper of, and tell stories and mm-hmm. give these really detailed, in-depth discussions of the past. And I thought, wow, storytelling for a living, being able to like mm-hmm. understand our place in the world through the lens of narrative art, which, you know, the best history really is sort of this narrative art, in my opinion, that really deeply engaged me. Um, and being able to see stories that were a part of uh, stuff like, you know, the railroad coming to California or, um, I don't know, any sort of historical mass migration, like the pilgrims coming to Plymouth or the early English coming to Jamestown. Just this idea that where we are today is a result of, you know, our ancestors, our parents, grandparents, that really always fascinated me. Um, And then getting into archival work, seeing the actual documents of like, oh, okay, here's the uh, passport that was put together when my great-grandfather came over from Ireland through Ellis Island or whatever, Mm -hmm. gave even more texture to those stories, Uh, whether that's in the form of oral histories, written letters, published sources like journals and whatnot. Um, And I think just some of those ideas have always stuck in my head. And that's why so much of my teaching and particularly the internship class focuses on the idea of documents. What materials are we using to learn about the past? What photographs are we looking at? What sound recordings are we listening to? What texts are we reading? And Mm -hmm. getting students to see, you know, these pieces of the past are not so different from what I'm making in my everyday life. And using that as a method to connect them to history in a way that they might not have been able to do otherwise. So, um, yeah, I guess a lot of my best teachers are those who, you know, focused on this idea of narrative elements. I had another uh, college professor who was really good about having us read primary sources, actual historical materials, uh, took us to different archives for class. And, you know, I just really fell in love with that and decided this is what I want to do for a living. I want to make take these materials, make them available to the world through teaching or scholarship or through digital platforms like our our digital archives collection page. And uh, that I think has influenced a lot of my teaching and explains why the internship portfolios sort of look the way that they do. Yeah, that, that is, um, that makes a lot of sense in hearing that. And how did you find your way to University of Laverne? So I was actually teaching as an adjunct professor there as I was finishing up my PhD, uh, as I was ABD, which um, is this sort of lonely phase of your career where you're pretty much done with your doctorate except for writing the dissertation. And a lot of scholars will take that time to start looking for jobs or to start doing adjunct work. And the University of Laverne happened to uh, post a position for an archivist who was also an assistant professor, a teacher, around the time that I was adjuncting. And I actually had some experience in archives prior to coming at Laverne. I'd done different internships at places like the Richard Nixon Presidential Library or the Mm -hmm. Huntington Library, which is this big uh, private, excuse me, prestigious manuscript repository here in Southern California. And so that made my resume good enough that Laverne said, yes, sure, we'll we'll hire you. We'll convert you from adjunct to this permanent position, which uh, was immensely useful because the history job market can be a very cutthroat place. So yeah, I just sort of already had a foot in the door at Laverne and then just this archival experience, I think, sort of pushed me over the edge. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, I'm so glad that that happened. And You and um, me both. (laughs) You and me both. 
<laughs> and I was curious, I know we're getting uh, close to the end of our time today, but I was wondering if um, you might be able to share a, a little bit of um, maybe advice or best practices, knowing what you know now about the um, use of e-portfolios and some of the kinds of scaffolding tools that you've built for your students, for those that might be um, embarking on this kind of pedagogy uh, for the first time? Are there some kind of tips or advice that you think might be useful for them to, to know before they jump in? It sounds like you were very brave and just kind of made your way uh, after having some time with the tool and using it personally, were then kind of able to make the leap and using it in your courses. But for those that might not um, be feeling quite so brave, what are some some tips that you might share? There's really two pieces of advice that I can think to share. Uh, the first is to just sit down, give yourself 45 minutes to an hour and start actually using the tool. It's pretty intuitive. The uh, prompts are pretty easy. It's not at all difficult to find out, okay, how does each individual function work? How do I add a new page? How do I add content to a page? What kind of files can I add to a page? Really, if you just spend a few minutes clicking on different icons, uploading files from your computer, you can have at least the bare bones outline of a full portfolio in that time frame, in that 60 minutes or so. Um, so just being able to get one's feet wet and to dive in feet first is the best piece of advice that I can give. The second is that this is a collaborative platform in a lot of ways. I think I mentioned that one of my colleagues put together a template for the senior seminar capstone class. I borrowed that template. I used it. I worked with him. I communicated with him. I exchanged ideas about you know what works for the portfolio, what doesn't work in terms of what we want to see it do, in terms of what we want to see our students use it for. And so getting a set of a second set of eyes to look at your portfolio, to maybe toy around with the functionality a bit, to just collaborate, I think makes the process uh, even smoother than it would be. Because, you know, something might look good to me, but maybe my colleague would have suggestions for how to adjust it to make it look even more professional or to better capture the student experience. Um, realizing that students or that anyone who's using the platform don't have to do it alone, that they can reach out to me as their instructor, that they can reach out to their peers to look at each other's work. Um, I mean, that's sort of the backbone of the scholarly endeavor, right? The idea that mm -hmm. nobody, we're all part of scholarly conversations. We all have to collaborate and cooperate with each other. And that applies just as much, perhaps even more in the digital world than it does in the old hard copy environment. Yeah. And I was curious, are there opportunities kind of built into um, the department or maybe in your courses where faculty are able to kind of share with each other how they're using the tool or maybe for students to have an opportunity to share what they've created at different stages? Yes. So <clears throat> when I was going up for promotion, I got a couple portfolios from my colleagues and I used those to sort of shape what I was putting together. Mm -hmm. Since that time, I've had other people come to me and say, hey, can I take a look at your portfolio and you know, try to pass forward the, yeah, sure, here's, here's how I structured mine. Uh, so there's a lot of dialogues within the institution. There's a lot of cooperation in terms of sharing what we've put together. Uh, as far as students go, the portfolios that they're putting together, they have the option to make those publicly available and to make mm -hmm. that part of our institutional database that as long as they log into Digication, 
with their University of Laverne email address, they can see the work of their peers. And so mm-hmm. I think that's helped a lot of students sort of see, okay, here's how people similar to me have done it in the past. How might that influence sort of what I'm putting together? The transparency that you're able to include in education, if you choose to, really makes it a fantastic tool for sharing ideas. I mean, what's the point of a portfolio if you don't get people's eyes on it, right? Um, so, I mean, we feel that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, portfolios, it's not just for one person. It's, you know, it's for potential employers, it's for my instructor, it's uh, for my peers or for a conference that I'm going to. It's for all these purposes. It's not just for the person making it, right? So uh, we really, whether we're using it as faculty, whether we're using it for our own teaching or for our own career advancement, we're a very open institution in terms of sharing digication portfolios with each other or e-portfolios, I should say. That's great. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really wonderful to learn more about you and your teaching and your approach to e-portfolios with your students. I love some of the ideas that you shared around approaching it as an opportunity, as a time capsule, and as a place for storytelling about oneself, a place to share your identity and find belonging. Um, I think that this conversation will be so relevant to our listeners and will give them a lot of good ideas moving forward. So thank you so much for joining me today and, and sharing all that you have. Well, thank you for having me, Kelly. It's been a real pleasure to chat with how the University of Laverne is, is using Digication. And thank you for putting together such a versatile tool that uh, meets such a wide array of needs uh, for us professionally and educationally. Well, thank you so much. Take good care, Ben. Thank you. This concludes our conversation. To hear our next episode, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. The Digication Scholars Conversation series is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks for tuning in.